Hello, everyone. This is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. And this podcast allows people to share their stories of abuse and religious trauma in various religions and cults. Some guests come on the show to discuss specific topics to educate and bring awareness. Discussions will range from purity culture, mental health, religious trauma, Christian culture, deconstruction, spirituality, and much more. Now, let's get into this episode of Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Hello, everyone. This is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. And I am so honored to have Frankie Tease on the show today. And I was on her podcast, the Frankie Files podcast. Please go check it out. I have it linked in the show notes where she also covers cults and interviews cult experts and survivors. So please check that out. But Frankie is here today to tell her story of growing up in a cult called Morningland Church, and now it has been renamed to Morningland Community, which cults are renaming themselves. That's a common thing. We'll dig into that in the interview. And she's here to talk about the abuse that she and her family endured in this cult. And I also want to say that she was on the Cult Vault podcast, and they did a several series episode our several episode series on her story and i want to link that below too so y'all can hear that in depth but thank you so much frankie for coming on the show today uh it's my pleasure andrew like what you're doing thank you like you too like i loved coming on your podcast mm-hmm. and all the different people that you're interviewing and telling your story and mm-hmm. i'm very interested about this cult you're a part of for a long time if Mm -hmm. you could start with saying so how like at what age were you involved with this cult okay like you were born in i was taken at age eight Hmm. so it was age eight to 22 Mm -hmm. Mm. you can think of all the little rites of passage you experienced because you you know exactly what i was deprived of your situation with fundamentalism was very similar to mine, but mm. it's a new age religion. Mm. A lot of people might not know what that is because it's not as high profile as Christianity now. Mm-hmm. But back in the 70s, and this place existed from 72 to now, 50 years. Mm. Their 50 year anniversary, I'm here to say no. <laughs> <laughs> here to greet you will be me, Frankie saying hmm so the east meets west religion combined jesus buddha and gandhi mm-hmm. in a little soup that they created and then we were supposed to follow all the tenets of all of those five so <laughs> a lot of rules as mm-hmm. and like you i was sequestered in a compound and mixed and mingled only with members and clergy members and and basically, my sister and I and my mother were introduced to the church at age eight. And we went to a Parents Without Partner meeting. Mm-hmm. 
sounds like it's going to help my mom. Mm. And there was three priestesses giving astrology readings. Sounds so huh. wrong now when I say it. It's like, what? Yeah. Pizza, as I said in another interview, uh, because they went to a pizza house. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if, if any of your listeners have followed the crazy conspiracy theory pizza gate. Oh. But, <laughs> but it was like an actual pizza gate because this is where we were recruited. And my mom was fascinated by these readings, astrology, mm. numerology, to predict the future and to help her make good decisions from for her family. She decided to go it alone after two really bad relationships. Mm. And she was young, single mom with twins. And she had my grandma's help. And we lived in North Long Beach, California, pretty poverty stricken area. We're not rich. Mm -hmm. And so my mom, I don't tell this too often, but it is in the forthcoming book that I wrote and I'm looking for a publisher. Mm -hmm. My mom was with a different religion before, and she had really been turned off to organized Mm -hmm. religion. And this is one of my crusades. And she was recruited into a different religion. Oh, yeah. So that was a pivotal moment for us as a family. This religion was so shiny new and had purple everywhere. Mm, <laughs> yeah. It so much purple, dude. Yeah. Purple pillows, purple walls, purple clothing, white clothing mm-hmm. for all yeah. the priestesses. And mm-hmm. it was very flashy. And they had like tiaras on their head. And, talked about spaceships aliens new age is a crazy religion love has mm-hmm. one is a modern day one that kind of reflects it and it's crazy there's a lot of stuff mingled into a suit mm-hmm. and it's almost like anything goes and the communism ideas and the communistic ways of living is important to them mm-hmm. so the closed-in society that dr lalish who you've had on which is amazing episode two mm-hmm. dr lalish talks about those sealed in groups yeah that's what this was we didn't know that and mm. i don't know how far ahead you want me to go but so we go from age eight to in brief age 10 initiated into name changes mm-hmm. my sister and i and my mother were all given mantras that were mm. Hindu yeah mantras. <laughs> let's get rid of that pesky old personality. Now you're going to form a new personality. Mm-hmm. And then age 12, we were between 12 and 14. My sister and I only then were initiated further into the cult, into a new order called the Daughters of Isis. And it was one created just for the two of us or whatever. And then at age 16, our leader and the master and the clergy had us drop out of school and we no longer went to high school and they Mm. bullied my mom to stay out of it. Mm. And at age 18, they kicked my mother out. And then so like check marks. Wow. And they kicked my mom out and then they had servitude for my sister and I from age 18 for her to age 19 or 20, she left. And then I was there till 22 when I left with a dollar in my pocket for the bus. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no big deal. And, but when I 
now look at things that are going on on the internet or whatever, and I say, oh, people are like, it's just benign religion. It's just astrology. Mm. It's, it's no big deal. It's, that type of idea, ideology, sparkling ideology caught my mom's attention and ruined my family's life. Hmm. so it can be a big deal mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yes most definitely and yeah uh, these different cults like they use existing beliefs and they use it which they did and the right. thing is when you go online and you talk about your story there are people who experience that cognitive dissonance because of your story and so let's say someone who's into astrology sees your story and they get offended because they don't like that this cult used that and that you were harmed by it mm-hmm. it comes to the whole lipton's criteria doctrine over person where these people mm-hmm. prioritize their own beliefs or their own religion and spiritual they put it over anyone else's experiences and mm-hmm. center themselves in that situation they're like the gatekeeper or whatever of the ideology and i have so many things that i am writing down that i want to talk about but about all these things you said but if there's something else you want to add on please do yeah so the i know you might want to hear about the ideology and the founding so the couple in the 70s was this whole Rajneesh type atmosphere was very mm-hmm. dominant. Yeah. Um, especially in California. Mm-hmm. And so they started a cult. They started a church, quote, Morningland Church of the Ascended Christ. So, mm-hmm. so when people say I wasn't affected by Jesus, no, I was completely indoctrinated with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like New Age has Jesus in it. I just <laughs> really yeah. fell up in. And uh-huh. so they, in 72 slash three, there's discrepancy occasionally in reporting on that. They they came, one came from New York, the man, Dan's, and he and her had a wild weekend. Patricia Sperato, later known as Sri Donato, mm-hmm. his, his nickname was Donato. So she, yeah. they even went so far as to call him Donato the Christ. Mm-hmm. How can everybody be the Christ? Mm-hmm math issues and so when she and he came to california they started this business slash cult slash church called mm-hmm. morning and church and mm-hmm. it's a corporation and they started with the corner unit like a storefront with all glass mm-hmm. on ohio and 7th street and then now they have the city block and they've been there 50 years sequentially though she died so he died in 76, not long after they started. Mm-hmm. Bunch of controversy there. Big topic. There is a true crime story there because the death certificate was not allowed to be seen by anyone publicly. Mm-hmm. The cause of death was obscured and they just said something about a heart attack. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was in good health and he was in his 50s and they had a lot of fights for that. And she was the leader of her um, mm-hmm. His wife was the only one present at the death, too. Very odd. That was in 76. And then she died in 2003. Mm-hmm. And Andrew, they buried her under the building. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> and it was publicized. And, uh, and mm-hmm. the uh, local authorities said, 
no, you're allowed to do that. Mm. You just got the right permit. And, and we're all going, this is nuts. Mm. <laughs> you yeah. It and put her under the building so you could what? Uh. <laughs> and so she, when her, her husband died, she began telling everyone she was channeling him. Mm, okay, wow. so she's channeling okay. him from another dimension and it's a spaceship and it's above oh, my God. the temple mm. in Long Beach. Mm. Also, the latitude and longitude is directly connected to Jerusalem from Long Beach to mm. Jerusalem. That is the continuation of Jesus mm-hmm. in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Chuckles. Okay. Yes. And there's lots of books, and I've recently been contacted by a person who has books, and so it's interesting, exciting stuff going on. Yeah. So that's new, but yeah, so their ideology is that you want, you're part of the 144,000, and if you join Morning Light, and then you subjugate your will. Mm. This is the master. The master will tell you how to live your life in accordance Mm -hmm. with Gandhi, Jesus, and Buddha. And it's very specific. And immediately there would be sexual disorientation where they made people switch gender preferences. Hmm. There would be marriages broken up, forced, suggested, or demanded vasectomies, even if the woman uh, was forced. Hmm. So good old religion just kicks right in. And so uh, it was definitely a sex cult. Yeah. Hmm. It was definitely a sex cult. But on the yes. outskirts, the regular members would be worshiping in the means of meditation really long sessions of meditation we had a lot of garage sales we had a lot of classes to learn astrology numerology or reading mm-hmm. all this stuff so it was like a circus then a lot of that stuff that they do to make you have a feel like you had a spiritual experience mm-hmm. well ambient music lots of candles blessing of people as they come up one by one mm-hmm. um, almost to simulate catholicism mm. a lot of ceremonial stuff. yeah yeah so the atmosphere was cult slap and she would actually say we're the cult of cults <laughs> she was all about <laughs> yeah mm. yes yours was your atmosphere and your you know ifb would be more like dependence driven guilt and mm-hmm. ours was is more like science psychology and jesus and uh-huh. forced confessions though very similar yeah um, where you you have to tell what's what you're doing wrong you have to confess and if, mm-hmm. if you're not doing anything wrong you better figure something out to get out of that room mm-hmm. you better figure out what your forced confession should be Oh, yeah, you are muted. Airplane. Oh, got you. Sorry. Busy day. Oh, yeah, it must be. <laughs> yeah, so you were saying about forced confessions. So what would you say in these confessions? So it would be one of those things you fear the roving hand coming to you. Mm. Okay, so you go... For your astrology class later my sister and i were moved into the inner circle but at first my mom especially would be in these astrology classes or mm-hmm. whatever curriculum she signed up for with her 10 to 15 percent tithing mm-hmm. 
It comes wow. in like packages. But yeah, yeah, they're tithing. Everybody's mm. literally engaged financially in mm. the success of this place. Yeah. So they through the years they get more and more property. Mm-hmm. And so like I said, though they would come in for these trainings and they would simulate a lot of Scientology and stuff. So it's let's say the teacher is teaching Terrell and she's up front and she's saying, these are times mm-hmm. we have to look for this, such blah, blah, blah. She's preaching. Mm-hmm. And then someone in the crowd um, either just makes a twitch or, or coughs or says something. And then Sri Donato is in the back monitoring, that's what she would call it. Mm-hmm. And she would say their mantra, such and such. Let's say, I'll just say, Shabahata, you know, tell us your thoughts right now. Mm-hmm. Just totally nailing one person to the wall. Mm-hmm. There's 200 people there or whatever. And this person is, it, okay, now they're on the spot. They're like, mm-hmm. um, I never have liked water. I'm mm-hmm. afraid of it. Does that go back to the womb? <laughs> it could get so weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- this session turned into a psychology session on that person. And mm-hmm. I really believe what what I've been learning that Nexium does, that what she was doing, the leader was collecting collateral on each person. Mm. Systematically, very aggressively. Mm. And if you didn't cooperate with that, you probably left pretty quick. Yeah. You have to be able to bend over. That's Mm. what was required. Yeah. Bring out your thoughts. And if you can't, you're not going to make it. But we believed, of course, that they had knowledge of the universe, that mm-hmm. this was stuff mainly, okay, I'm going to sum it up, mainly geared toward reading the future mm-hmm. and healing. Yeah. Okay? Healing and readings. And you want to know your higher self. You mm-hmm. want to silence your lower self, as Baba Gita calls it. And to come into these realizations, like the monks in mm-hmm. time past, yeah. You have to quiet the mind. You have to clear yourself. That's where she stole ideology from Scientology. Mm-hmm. Clearing the chakras. Yeah. And she was the only one who could help you do this. Mm-hmm. The master was here to help you come through mm-hmm. that path. Mm-hmm. So it is the ultimate totalist leader environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know only your relationship with the master is one-on-one. There's a curriculum, but each person also has a personal relationship with the master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that power of the fact that only they know how to make you progress was used. Mm. Okay. Wow. So then you would want to get closer to the master and you get a reading with one of the gopis. The gopis were a system of women of circle around the master. Mm-hmm. So those were their clergy. It was circusy a little bit because it's like, this female master after she questionably lost her husband. Mm-hmm. So she's bathed in golden furs mm-hmm. when she does her lectures. And people are enamored with her skills to be able to read you, mm-hmm. tell you about you, the feelings you've always had. Yeah. And come to find out most of it are tricks that we all yeah. have these things. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. you mentioned in our interview, when I interviewed you, about the mythology 
that is used. It's just a trick that they all know. They mm-hmm. use very common human elements to uh, appeal to us, right? Mm, yes. And they did. And I would watch people being won over and it was like so charismatic. And mm. she was charismatic. Mm, yeah. She got me too. Like I was, mm. up- so my sister and I, we were in the outskirts. We're just kids, age eight, mm. nine, 10. So the eye starts coming towards us around 10. We begin being recruited further and further inside. Ooh. And it starts with musical assignments. My sister and I are musicians. And mm-hmm. we played in a little duet. Yeah. Sharon Warner cracks me up because he's, you need to get your hand on that music. <laughs> he <laughs> follows and reports. Such a strange niche. He follows and reports on the music of cults. So Interesting. Okay. I know that you would also be able to contribute to that because you spoke about the hypnotic chanting and stuff that you guys would have to do. But similarly, mm. the music is a lot of chanting. Mm. Okay, so interesting. Yeah, it is. And it hypnotizes us because we do it together. Ooh, it's yes. so powerful. Mm, yes. You know, oh my God. My interview with you was uh-huh. so poignant when you talked about being in that hall at Bob Jones. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. session was it? It would have been one of the midday sessions where you all come together. The, oh, yes. Chapel, chapel. Chapel. And it was called the BJU Creed. And we would all say this yeah. creed of our core beliefs in unison we would say it every chapter so it was four times a week in unison we got really culty yeah okay same thing Mm -hmm. but we would it would be like okay example listen to my heart song listen listen to my heart song i will never forget you i will never forsake you i will never forget you i will never forsake you 180 more times mm-hmm. in a group. Yeah. Louder and louder. And it's, that stuff's addictive too. Mm. When I look back to it, it was very moving, emotionally uncomfortable and cocoony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so the music was a large part of how they recruited my sister and I. We were taking so much, my mother, credit to her, beautiful person that she was. Mm-hmm. She got us into music at age five. We were playing piano and violin. Right? And it was like, this was natural. So she must have seen something gift there. And my sister started writing songs by age like nine. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, so that was a natural gift that they took from us. And then they put us in, and you might have done some of this too, but they put us in not only all of the work, programs everybody was in the work program everybody did improvement and then they went from one corner to the entire city block expansion so that's a lot of money Mm -hmm. back then i think it was valued at a hundred and ten thousand dollars and now it's five million or Mm -hmm. different numbers can be looked into but 2600 east 7th street the whole block Mm -hmm. long beach california so all of those events, all of those yard sales, all of those classes mm-hmm. translate into cash. Mm-hmm. And after she was charged with bribery of $10,000 with a check, uh-huh. they no longer used checks from 1976 or something like that huh. forward. Yeah. 
Huh. That's another little little asterisk, right? Occult and cash. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It out. <laughs> Yours is different because it's so embedded. You've got schools and churches and yeah. Um, mm. But the enclosed system, that's the same. Mm. That's the same. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and yeah keep going with your story because i'm still writing down things but i want i want to continue to hear we have so much to talk about but i want you to be able to tell um, your story so then when my sister and i by when we we're brought into the secret order of the daughters of isis mm-hmm. and we are at many events as a duet singing so we even eventually made an album and they mm-hmm. had my mind my mother sign over the rights to that album immediately to make mm. sure they we never profited stuff mm. you don't think about yeah little things that you don't mm. think about that you look back and say wow we could have done something that mm-hmm. was not related to morning room we've been musicians together imagine mm-hmm. that yeah. because we look almost exactly alike one of the mm-hmm. reasons i don't do a lot of facetime my sister is not prepared to talk and mm. so yeah. yeah, we look almost exactly like she she could walk down the street and they could call my name. Hey, Frankie. Oh, wow. And that's what I didn't want to. I don't want to put her. Hmm. Yeah, it's a careful consideration. But so after we're brought into the secret order and my mother says, look, you're on restriction. You can't go to this the temple anymore. And when we don't show up for something, my mother gets called in to the main office mm-hmm. and told you will not interfere in the master's plan for your daughters. Uh, and so she's disconnected from all of her family at this point because that's what happens as mm-hmm. isolation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I cannot even imagine what was my mom's feeling that day mm-hmm. when yeah. Saravati, our main groomer and abuser mm-hmm. um, other than the, the master herself, but to be told to stop parenting your kids mm. you know, there's going to be repercussions if you continue to interview mm-hmm. yeah so bold it's like the mob mm-hmm. so they wanted possession of us andrew oh wow full on mm. full on control and possession yeah. so that would have been 14 and then they really scared her to death and humiliated her in all oh. the classes. she was not allowed to speak if she asked a question, she was ignored. She was being shunned on mm, wow. by the dopies. Mm. Her crime, watching her daughters be stolen from her and mm. react. Yeah. Like a slow train wreck. It was mm. like, oh no. And she started contacting people like Rick Ross, which now I know is like someone pretty famous. Mm. Who, <laughs> you know, him in the industry has tried to help people get out of cults. Mm-hmm. written tons of material and also went to battle legally with multiple mm-hmm. yeah the man has done some work in this field so she tried to get us she was looking into not sure if that's him she contacted for it but perhaps getting us mm-hmm. kidnapped yeah to get out. and they said it's too risky they'll go right back mm. they're indoctrinated they're they're from eight to 14 yeah. or so mm strength of that time and exposure so eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen we're almost five six years in by the time she's 
in a full-on panic. Mm. And we we live next to the temple. Yeah. Wow. Literally across the fence. Mm. So it's yeah, they got everyone to move in. Wow. Judaism does does this. Orthodox Jews do this as well. I've learned they live. They have to live within one mile of the temple. Hmm. And she implemented that after the master died. After yeah. Master One died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, okay, I'm the master now. I'm channeling him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and by the way, a lot of these cults have done that. Love is One has done that too. Mm-hmm. So convenient of the playbook. The master dies, and I'm going to be channeling them. Mm-hmm. So you can get all your information from me now. Mm-hmm. So silly. Okay. So when we're about 14, 15, she realizes there's really a problem for Dave taken over parentifying as a parent role mm-hmm. successfully. And that is really quite cynical to, to understand. Mm-hmm. I do spend like chapter four on it in my book because I think it's been a shock for me to process too. Yeah. Uh, when people, because a lot of times in this day and age, we hear things about conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here going, no, I experienced an actual conspiracy. Yeah. No theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was like this person wanted to separate me from my mother, mm-hmm. needed to get access to us and then once they accomplished that my mother was in her panic but in the outskirts of the church Mm. and they were picking us from school picking us up from school every day from about 15 oh wow so that started the track because complete control so when we get up when we get off school we're picked up by the clergy and then we're gone into special sessions whatever she Mm. wanted to do that day yeah. And Andrew, that would involve some twisted mother scratching stuff mm. um, in the think tank where in between the day's activity and the night's classes would be these training sessions, quote marks. And in mm-hmm. the year 84, a man intrinsic to my experience came mm-hmm. to morning line called Terry Smith. Mm-hmm. He also is known now by Kamazi X5 or was. And now he's called the Lama, 1L, mm-hmm. which is like a, a Tibetan honor of uh, a high level of meditation status or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he came to Morningland to, and he wanted to be healed of doing coke. Mm-hmm. He was a coke head and yeah. a, 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 not a ballroom dancer, but a, a ballet, ballerina, ball, whatever a male ballet dancer is called. Got you. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. He, he was yeah. that. Okay. He was professional um, choreographer and stuff. So I was pretty enamored with this guy. I had a crush on him. Mm-hmm. She allowed it and encouraged it. And we would watch movies. And some of them would be like homosexual movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, what am I watching this for? Yeah. Ooh. When I look at Equus, the movie, Equus, Bestiality. It's like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, um, the, the movie, and I talk a little bit more about this in the book. She used books and movies to program us, and that neuro linguistic programming is not a joke. This person mm-hmm. was really messing with NLP, and she was messing with the 
the concept, neurons that fire together, wire together. Mm. So when we would, for the first time ever, have conversations about sex because she brought them up. Mm. So we'd be surrounded. So it'd be my sister. We're like 14, uh-huh. my sister and I, two adult males who were saying very pervy things now that mm. I've like one yeah. would say, thank heaven for little girls, because little girls are getting older all the time. A famous mm. song from the, oh, what is it? It's a movie, it's a rags to riches movie where they take a prostitute off the street. Mm-hmm. And it's a Mel Gibson film too, and yeah. turn her into a lady. Mm-hmm. But this guy, that song, is a pedophile's anthem and Mm. i didn't know that at the time so these two men were in their own order because the commasies because the spiritual leader is crazy and she makes stuff up all the time and then there's two gopis left out of used to be nine there's two left at that time gopi saravati and gopi shokru there'd be six of us Mm. um, in a room being taught by the master and these private sessions really were unmonitored and so twisted. And the rest of the clergy, excuse me, the rest of the church wouldn't know anything about that that was going on. And that this would go on from, for us from age 15 to, for me, to 22. So by the time I decided to leave, I'd been indoctrinated by a sex fiend and mm. I didn't even know it. And yeah. there was drugs in the community, and I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. I also might have been drugged. Mm-hmm. But the sexual abuse is so occult and ambiguous that mm-hmm. we are made, they made sure we didn't have memories until they yeah. came. Mm-hmm. But I know stuff happened before. Yeah. And that well. was because they had a lodge at in Crestline in California, a beautiful facility, by the way. Beautiful fireplace three-level facility that where the retreats would take place and that was early on they obtained that so Mm. (laughs) wonder why you want to get people away for the weekend Mm. yes Mm. (laughs) and sadly i'm not alone millions of cult kids have experienced this kind of ambiguous experience Mm. cult commune that gives opportunities for adults to have access to. Mm. One of the things that astounds me so much looking back now and having, you know, been able to get past the tears and able to talk about my story is Mm. looking back and the encouragement for parents to let go of their kids. Mm. Why would you want to do that? They're yours. Don't you want to raise Mm -hmm. them? And my mom certainly struggled with that. She didn't want to let us go. The first mm-hmm. thing they tried to do to her early on was to get her to quit her, her steady paying job with a civil mm. worker, yeah. civil worker. They tried to get her to quit it and become a full-time member. And then she would have been in the sex too, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said, I am the sole provider for my mm. family and my kids. Yeah. I'm not doing that. And I only recently... Like I said, I envy you came out, you spoke out, and you found out a lot of things right away. Mm-hmm. I sat on this for 35 years or something. Yeah. Like I couldn't even talk to my mom about it. And her story is also so painful. But basically, we didn't know they were doing 
the separation so systematically mm-hmm. by telling her to back off. We yeah. didn't know they were putting her down. We didn't know. I never knew they tried to get her to quit her job. Mm-hmm. And so how is she going to tithe if she quits her job? Clearly, it wasn't an issue. They had plenty of people tithing. Yeah. They're recruiting for the inside, too. Mm-hmm. That dual-level system that a lot of folks have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a sprawling story that is so cynical and systematic. Mm-hmm. It gets me angry. You know, just yeah. thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You had to think about it. You had to plot this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so it culminates first we start having inappropriate touching and in these meetings. Mm-hmm. I'm holding wow. hands. I was holding hand with a man who was 30 and I was uh, wow. So how do how mm-hmm. would I feel? Fluttering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Excited. One, you feel wanted. Something wrong. Mm. And yet yeah. it's being endorsed by the master. Oh, okay. Mm. She's messing with my head now. Yeah. She's messing with my psyche. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I've come to learn about um, the term sexual disorientation. Mm-hmm. So she gets me basically all for this man who, mm-hmm. and she's thinking, I'm going to get him in to stay by throwing a 14-year-old girl in front of him. Uh, I'm thinking that now. Yeah. Like he's going, woo, I hit the mother load. I'm sitting here fondling a girl, and it's spiritual. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and so then, but she does what's called sexual disorientation on me, because I'm straight by nature. Mm-hmm. And then she baits and switch, and she makes it. Saravati, the female gopi who's in charge of the music, is now our mentor. Wait, what? She mm-hmm. wants us to be sexual with her now. Mm. And I've never been sexual with the other guy. So yeah. far as I know, there might have been some sessions that I don't recall, and there is some fainting memories mm-hmm. um, where I'm brought to with smelling songs. So. Mm. There's a oh. lot of ambiguity there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> Too much. And so then yeah so then then she switches us and it's only in hindsight that i can see the game that mm-hmm. was being played so yeah. i'm enamored and she's okay great let's use this right mm-hmm. let it go really fester it and then right at the last minute of course there's no to my knowledge no sex unless he molested me during some trips that i was mentioning mm-hmm. yeah at 18 we are sat down up at a lodge alone. My sister and I with Sarah Vati, who is the music director, and she's mm-hmm. clearly an authority. Like yeah. Number two in the church of all people. And sits us down and says that we're going to have a very special ceremony. We are? Never heard anything like this. Okay, so we had already been initiated. We're, there's levels, blah, blah, blah. This is a new level. And it's so special that you can never tell anyone. They always say that. Mm, um, uh, that's the clincher. If kids, if you ever hear anyone say, this is a secret, you can never tell anyone. Get up and run. Yeah. Out mm, the room. Immediately, I don't care if it feels like your legs can't work. Just mm, go out onto the street and scream. Mm, that's all I have to say. Just go. Yeah. I was so 
this was such a coercive moment for us. There was no argument whatsoever because mm-hmm. we had been so disarmed and controlled from age 12. Mm-hmm. If you want to say age eight, maybe, but I think there's a period where they're seeing if people will stick around and they didn't want oh. to mm, I see. Mm-hmm. And you, you're born in, so you're, you, they had designs on you from the get-go. Yeah. Mm. You, they don't think, because you're, they're breeding, your folks are breeding new members, right? Yeah. Like children of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. These are generational. Okay, we were newer, so they probably, and they are newer. Yeah. And they're getting a system together of abduction or whatever this is. Human travel. So then we're at this lodge. The fire is going. No one else is around. Two young women who are virgin mm-hmm. and the other woman who's virgin who was initiated at 14 yeah. with acid by the original male leader. That's what we've learned later. Mm-hmm. We don't know that she gives us anything, but I now know, but I now believe that we were dosed. Mm-hmm. Wow. A vial, okay. a very small vial she said was wine was given mm-hmm. to my sister and i are told this is a sacred ceremony and we've never ever been with any we've not had sex mm-hmm. she tells us to disrobe and that this is the special mm-hmm. ceremony we're all going to be together we're going to oh, have a wow. okay there's the moment that strike mm-hmm. right there and my sister and i look at each other what and there's no arguing. There's nowhere to run. There's no money. The phone downstairs needs a quarter. I don't even have that. There's no phones. We don't have cell phones. We don't have text. We don't have 911. Mm-hmm. I probably wow. could have called 911, but I truly don't know what I would have said. Mm-hmm. There's just, they plan these moments. That's my message. And the cautionary tale I'm trying to tell people is, don't ever let your young person get into a situation where they have no power. Because this mm. is what we couldn't, we didn't drive. We couldn't go down the hill. So we did what she said. And it's not that we were, it was so humiliating. That's all I can say. Yeah. So humiliating. And I know that I blocked it, uh, much of it out because there's not a lot of detail or memory. Mm-hmm. Also, we might've possibly been drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, the ride down the mountain and the, Further humiliation. Honestly, my sister and I floated apart. I think when I say floated apart, this was her, her intent to destroy mm-hmm. us. Yeah. When you think, why would someone do that? Okay, for access. Mm-hmm. Once you're humiliated like that, you're very compliant. Yeah. Then the years that followed, she got five years of sex slavery from the both of us mm. after that. Yeah, wow. Parent gone, raised here, bred to to be in this environment. We thought mm-hmm. we were the next generation of gopis and teachers. And mm-hmm. this is all process. Yeah. Like a very special high-level position process. So it's going to mm. be different than we thought, right? Yeah. See, so the propaganda was so complete, but it was also looking back at it was so crazy. And mm. I shouldn't believe any of it but the coercive moments that take place are definitely why i'm speaking out. Mm. that's mm. why i'm speaking out if i can plainly tell you what happened and tell you how 
a spiritual leader destroyed the relationship of my twin and I, I might stop someone from stepping foot in the next call. That's my Yes, I yes. just want you to think twice about taking the personality test at Scientology. Mm. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I also want you to think twice about any fundamentalism and mm. severe thinking. How can someone convince twins that they should be together because they're soulmates? You freak. That's all wow. lies. Wow. Mm-hmm. They made that up to make that happen. And then we were so humiliated. Mm. Like, how do you even look at your sister after that? We've been trying to yeah. have a relationship ever since. And basically, we agreed that it's so painful that we need to live our own lives. And that's yeah okay. Mm. that's okay mm. hmm? yeah wow. so that's my bomb mm-hmm. that's and, my bomb and what was your process of getting out of this cult you know how i know because i'm speaking to someone who did it too so i love that mm-hmm. yeah this, this is rare earth atmosphere high mm-hmm. high oxygen level territory mm-hmm. up here <laughs> Only a few people really get out. Right? But it was a beginning of starting to doubt. And as you articulate in many of your interviews, it's slow. Mm-hmm. We were there for a long time. And when you're a kid, you believe ultimatums. You, you believe nonsense. You, you have no basis to doubt. Yeah. So that the first clearly... Being separated from my mom was a shock. And yeah. It was probably in the beginning. She's asking a lot of us to separate from our parents. She knew. And then they kept her from us. They kept our mail. They kept every correspondence my parents tried. And she would sit out in front of us, the church in her car mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. Trying to talk to us. Yeah. So, of course, that was awkward and caused some doubt. I don't understand why you had to be so severe. And But since I had seen other shunnings, I was trained to accept it. Okay. And mm-hmm. then, but then my sister, when she said, what you're doing to us isn't right. I don't think we should be doing blah, blah, blah. She started expressing her doubts and she was ushered out. Mm. So that was another blow to me. I'm there mm-hmm. alone <laughs> so often. And you want to feel like, You've been kidnapped. That's the moment right there because I now realize there's no one to run to, no more family member. Mm, I'm I'm exposed full on to the sun, which Mm -hmm. is the narcopath leading this place. Mm -hmm. Um, Full on sunburn Mm -hmm. coming. And I just remember, like you asked about the forced confession. One time she started asking me, forcing me to speak to her. And this is Sri Donato speaking to her about what did I think about my sister leaving? She mm. wanted to do a clearing session. So I start, I don't want to talk about this, but um, that's mm-hmm. not an option. When yeah. told. So the forced confession begins and I start making up stuff that I think she wants to hear. By the middle of this chat, I was bawling. And then a, you know, a few minutes later, I was laughing. I now know it was hysterics. Mm. That's hysterics. And then yeah. She had driven me to that point and then she turned and smirked and I was like, wow. So this is 
where she wanted this to go to hollow me out. So I was getting, I was hollowed out at that point. I was just, I'm going to make it through every day. That's about it. And I'm going to be compliant. And I remember mm -hmm. having a moment where I read a self-help book at a job because I was like in a health food store and mm -hmm. I was helping order the books. And the self-help book started talking about a feeling in your gut that is uncomfortable and that certain people register things there and you, it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. You should speak about this. Yeah. Reading this going, wait a minute. Mm. That feeling all the time. I think something's wrong. And that's mm -hmm. literally, it dawned on me, like, I shouldn't have the gut wrench gut feeling. That was the mm -hmm. crack. That yeah. was like the first teeny little crack. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I shouldn't be feeling like this all the time. <laughs> this is why those little things we might say to someone still in a cult could matter. And they might be very non-emotional mm -hmm. and factual. And just get you to think, why do I feel that way all the time? Mm. Oh, okay. Because I'm not expressing anything. I'm not allowed to. And so that this type of pressure escalated. And then I would be invited to be a gopi and go into the highest level of training. So all this was probably a part of her path to destroying mm -hmm. someone so that you can hollow them out and be you know, a good servant. Sounds so glamorous when you say it like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Die for me. <laughs> so when all these doubts were barely there and they try to start treating me even more severe when my family yeah. came out of the picture, it became, wow, this is BS. I can't even pretend anymore. The veils have dropped away. Mm -hmm. And of course I had, I experienced one more horrific experience took place before I really addressed my doubt in my mind, which was mm -hmm. that the leader raped me in a closed setting that was completely aggressive and violent and unexpected. And it was like, oh gosh, this is just going to keep getting worse. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. I'm saying to myself. And so one day I was in a timeout. It became more frequent because they didn't know what to do with my really bad mood. I lost my best friend mm -hmm. and my twin. Yeah, I'm going to keep functioning like this. I dragged on for a couple of years and mm -hmm. I was continuing to be isolated so I would not affect the rest of the group. What's going on here is wrong. But mm -hmm. I was so, so quiet. And I know you know about this. We don't mm -hmm. talk back. We're trained. No, right. Sitting here thinking, why would you take all that? My God, mm -hmm. this is nothing. It's every day. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm in this office and, and there's no internet back then i can't do the type of search and find my sister or you know, my mom or whatever my sister's more newly out so i might be able to find her so i start looking through the phone book <laughs> you don't even know what a phone book is i know that when i'm talking to you, you know, <laughs> it's a physical thing they used to throw it on your doorstep <laughs> it would be a to z business listings in the front yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> anyway but your generation literally hasn't had those. No. I literally, I needed to go to that phone book to try to find my sister. So I go oh, wow. and mm -hmm. I find her name, but the phone doesn't work. And mm -hmm. I find that she's living in this place called Dana Point, which is in SoCal. Yeah. And I go, this is it. There's not a lot of emotion at this point, Andrew. I think you might experience the same. The emotions had been already 
drained out by then. Uh, and then yeah. you're kind of like following in a hollow moment that's mm-hmm. echoing in a chamber. It's This has been a long time coming. I just yeah. need to continue get the body out of here. <laughs> but yeah. I'm in a numb state. Okay. Yeah. It's very mm-hmm. numb state. And I just remember that. And I was standing in the hall and some other members had said goodbye because I somehow I just said, look, I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't even remember the words. Mm. Just let's get this done. And um, when the leader, the master, Shri Donato, came to the anteroom that I was about to leave out the front door, she said, who's going to watch the kids you were watching? If you- oh. And I looked in her eye and there must have been some disbelief in mine. Mm. like that's it there's no thank you goodbye here's some money I nothing but anger and retribution Mm. and she'd always said if you ever all you experience the fear mongering too if you leave you're going to burn in hell oh yeah yes instant Mm -hmm. harm you heard this fear mongering constantly and it kept me Mm -hmm. there rooted there yeah yeah so I'm walking out and I go to the bus stop outside of the front of this place and take the bus. It's a dollar. Mm-hmm. And I take it to all the way to Dana Point and I have nothing, a purse with an ID. I have no money, nothing. So mm. I'm, and this is one of the moments that being a twin actually worked in my favor. I talked about it in a couple of the other interviews too. I'm mm-hmm. repeating myself, but we, get off the bus and I'm walking around but this is such a long shot and this guy comes up to me and he says my sister's name I was like no I'm her sister though do you know where she is do you know where she lives yeah. I know where she works oh I'll, I'll let you stay in my van overnight and eat top ramen until she gets to work and I was like okay mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot believe it now <sighs> not in a van a dirty white Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) Oh no. Some stuff could have gone wrong. Yeah. This guy seemed totally nice. He turned out to be the nicest guy in the world. It was such a And this is because I look exactly like her. Mm -hmm. He was able to to do that connection. It was so weird. And yeah, it was a long night. I just sat there staring, (laughs) scared. And yeah. he drove up to the restaurant where she worked in the morning. I got out and mm. the staff members were like, wait, you're already here. Wait, huh? you're dressed differently. Wait, wait. I was like, that's my sister. Is she here? And uh, yeah, she came out. I was like, what are you doing? Mm. <laughs> and I was like, look, I need to stay at your place. Okay. I'll take you there after work. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And it was so awkward for us. It was yeah. <laughs> We just was like going out, drinking, playing pool, pretending yeah. nothing ever happened. Uh, yeah. It was so weird. Mm. And I was just like, well, I got to get rid of this virginity thing. I got to get this out of the way. Mm. <laughs> I kid you not. So I went out with her and played pool and was like, you got to, one of these guys needs to do the deed for me. Mm-hmm. And I literally, it's so shameful because like I was trained to treat my sexuality as nothing 
And mm-hmm. so I just gave it away to the first guy that came along. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I really wanted to ruin myself, though. Because mm-hmm. they valued the virginity thing. And I'm just like, if I can get rid of that, mm-hmm. I can never maybe go back there again. Oh, mm, I see. I would be re sucked in. I had gone, I had left for a couple of weekends one time. Mm-hmm. It always got me back. So I was really afraid it would be like, let's go back there. And mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a life. I didn't have resources. Mm-hmm. So thank God my sister was able to help me. And then I got a job and tried to move forward. Mm-hmm. And, but it really, it's sad. But how much time they take from us because my mom and I were estranged and we connected after that and she would help me financially or whatever if something mm-hmm. happened but really it wasn't mm-hmm. happening I had yeah. so much anger towards her mm-hmm. and I didn't understand her struggle and I think that's changed it's really mm-hmm. yeah such a blessing I, mean, uh-huh. I thought it would never happen yeah, but the pandemic. Um, I was super concerned for my mom during the pandemic, and also what was going on in California scared me. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to come visit my mom in Texas, and my yeah. sister lives here too. Uh-huh. Though we can't really spend more than five minutes in a room together, uh-huh. uh, without it being very traumatic. My mother and I finally got over a lot, mm-hmm. and. I found out that she had been doing quite a bit of activism in the cult space mm-hmm. and she's teaching me some stuff now. Yeah. So mm. it's like, at least there is a redemption here yeah. for me to be able to, I'm so lucky. Most mm. families never reunite. After yeah. yeah. Is yours? Yeah. That's been interesting, but the way my family reacted was surprising to me because in that environment it's usually children are cut off until they come back to the fold or the group. Um, But that didn't happen with me shockingly because I think my parents, they had seen the effects of that and usually the child never returns. Um, They use a prodigal son story in the Bible about how eventually, oh yeah, they will come back to our ways. And it really is about trying to break that person down to make them come back. But they had seen that. And I don't know how much my parents have changed since I was a child. But I think because of they witnessed some things like that, they decided not to. And so my relationship with them has been very service level, very, like, it's a lot of things I can't talk about <laughs> with them okay. or things going on in my life, but like, we're still in contact. You know, I've been talking about my therapist. I'm like, what is this going to be like moving forward? And like, it's just, it's frustrating yeah. when, because, you know, I was kicked out of school almost a year ago and we haven't talked about it at all. It's like, I never went to that school and that none of that ever happened. Um, so it's just, it's a very emotionally dysfunctional codependent family where we don't address problems or emotions or 
anything. So it was just it's like a Norman Rockwell painting. <laughs> it's so severe, right? The puritanicalism. Oh yes. Wow. I don't. But I, yeah. I went through so that whole that you're speaking of that mm-hmm. cold and polite um, mm-hmm. relationship. I did that for thirty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that you can do better. Thank you. I know we'll see how what I know. And the I'm siblings good. too. Yeah, it, it's interesting because I've I uh, so my oldest brother, long story short, he stayed in the IFB cults and he's now a like a youth pastor and a Christian school teacher and at an IFB mm-hmm. church. And like we've never been close and we don't we never talk on we don't talk on the phone or text or but I am very close with my younger brother and um thankfully I think what helped is that almost a year ago I started setting boundaries with my parents and there and that's the thing that's I talked back and forth with my therapist about whether or not to just either cut off my parents or take a break or stay away or but they've respected boundaries which has been surprising to me so that's why I've kept in contact but otherwise I wouldn't talk it's to them brutal. it's yeah. really difficult um there's this really great article on this topic mm-hmm. and it's such a huge topic like they don't understand a lot of people don't understand what the we go through Mm-hmm. Trying to keep our parents in our lives, it's so painful. Mm, yeah. So, who had participated in this abuse? I know you're not awake, and I know you didn't mean to hurt me, but yeah, did. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, this article, this the counselor named, let's see, Dr. Knapp, K N A P P, and the website is a transcendental meditation, a critical view. Mm-hmm. So this man is a counselor for families who've been in transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. And he is the first one I've ever seen write an article about us being like adult children of alcoholics. Mm-hmm. So that parentification so early, this is one of the things I was hoping you and I would talk about. Oh, yeah. Because we had to make so many decisions, adult-like decisions for oh, ourselves. Yes. And mm-hmm. then... We now shield our parents from the pain we experience because they can't handle it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and he says he sees that over and over. Yeah. Now, that that shielding the parents is a common trait between an adult child of the cult and an adult mm-hmm. child of an alcoholic. Oh, wow. Yeah, how Ooh. strange is that? You might, I know you're into psychology. You might want to look. Uh-huh. You, I... you probably will find much more. I've heard a little bit about that. Um, Adult children of cults and adult children of alcoholics. Similar Mm. because we don't want, after all the things we experience Mm -hmm. due to their neglect, we shield them from experiencing our pain. It's There's something wrong here. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) What are we, masochists? What's going on? Yeah. That cycle has to stop. For me, Like you said, you're setting limits. Okay. I'm really, that's really great. Sounds so mature. Mm-hmm. I just stopped for a while. I stopped talking to her after I told her what happened and it went poorly, yeah. which was in 2014. 
I had another stint of seven years without conversation with my mom. I refused. Yeah. That's difficult. These meltdowns are really difficult to handle. Um, you know, it's, and I, I wanted to isolate myself mm-hmm. from further trauma. And that's all I could think to do is, okay, that's it. I'm going to shut this down until there's a light at the end of the tunnel. The light happened where we had to start talking during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So this is like a bit of, serendipity and i'm like why did you react like that she's like what (laughs) you know how they do i didn't react like anything Mm -hmm. and she just basically was finally able to get out my mom is not a talkative person she's handled much of her abuse with utter silence that's yeah been her mode of operandi modus operandi and so getting her to know it's sick i know why because they feel we're going to accuse them of everything yeah and i was mm-hmm. <laughs> so once i wrote the book and i walked through yeah. everything and i had to interview her a little bit for the book to say what happened after this incident i realized i was having compassion for my mom for the very first time mm-hmm. It was pretty much a growing moment because it wasn't until after I told her that I went through that I could go, wow, what you went through. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Watching mm-hmm. your kids be strewn yeah. away from, wow. ripped from you in real time, like a slow train wreck, has had to have a terrible effect on her. And it's not, it's definitely mm-hmm. a growing place for me. Yeah. I feel so like this is mm-hmm. a place I never thought I would reach. Yeah. It's ahead. It's truly ahead. And of course, my parent is no longer in the cult and is fully aware of what they did being harmful. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that will happen for you because it's well, they need to see that it's not working first. Yeah. <laughs> you can't mm-hmm. be doing stuff that's not working. I can't really imagine. So if were your parents parents also members of the IFB organization? Yeah, they were. Yeah, so it was interesting because my maternal grandmother, she was Methodist and this IFB cult sucked her in and my paternal grandma was sucked into it and then got my paternal grandpa and he really got into it. And because of that, these IFB cults, they funnel people to these very specific IFB colleges and so that's how my parents met and are continuing they're still in it the IFB but yeah I mean their reaction to me being expelled from Bob Jones and when I had to call them about my expulsion like I wasn't go I I wasn't going to go into details about really what they put me through because I knew they could not handle that so all I said to them was i I told my story and all of the religious trauma and just trauma in general I experienced to growing up in that environment mm-hmm. and what I'm realizing about it. And so they didn't really have anything to say to that. Mm-hmm. And, be- and it's something I've been recently digging into in therapy because they didn't react immediately. That was a very quick phone call. Uh, I made it as short as possible because then I, 
I was moving out of the college and moving in Greenville and, and I had to tell them I'm not coming back. No way. Mm-hmm. And so their reaction a few days later, probably around a week later, was calling me and telling me, you have bipolar disorder, you are mentally ill, you need to get on medication. So it was like a gaslighting because they couldn't handle that cognitive dissonance of the IFB cause or child harm because they see it as the absolute truth and the only way and it's not possible in their eyes. So they have to find something to hold their belief system together. Yeah, you're evil, you're bad. And it was just... It was. It made me. I was angry for so long of that reaction because I'm like they ignore my mental health like all of my teen years, and here they are saying you have this issue, get on medication, and it felt great to tell them no. Like I need therapy. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I, I need. need. Yeah. Now, so my parents. So I can match you. Mm-hmm. I had the utter silence too. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm going to get so angry i need mm-hmm. to remove myself from this situation yeah and mm-hmm. i waited all this time and you're not even going to give afford me a reaction mm-hmm. and they're yeah. stunned trust me there i have some compassion now because they're yeah. stunned at the time <laughs> mm-hmm. they're stunned mm-hmm. but my mom went so far as to call the police mm-hmm. we've never yeah. had any police incidents in our family this for me especially so this mm-hmm. was ridiculous. Mm, it, yeah. Even the incident went even on my record. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to forgive you. You needed backup from the government to to handle yeah. the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I tell that's yeah. why I talked about trying to give advice to people. If you're going to confront your parent, mm-hmm. you need to have a standing by, like a friend standing yes. by. Mm-hmm. Literally, yeah, Literally. a witness. Mm-hmm. Or a witness. Yeah. Or a witness. Because she was trying to say I was unstable or whatever. Now we've talked and it's nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's utter pain that we were yeah. trying to unfold. Mm-hmm. This is a very important topic that we're on right now. Yeah. First of all, they we it's hard for me, maybe you too, to accept. The lack of responsibility to begin mm-hmm. yeah but we should not but it is definitely unhealthy to shield them yeah god i wish i had gotten that out of the way 20 years ago maybe i would have never had to be a stripper to figure mm. out my own sexuality mm. <laughs> i've been grueling over this um, and i decided to tell you and you can't even give me a reaction i think that it's like we could go, Andrew, we could go on a tour across the United States with this topic mm. and have stadiums full talking yeah. about how to tell your parents. Mm. This is stuff. Mm. I, had to, I had resolved to never tell her. Yeah. That's how much I knew it would be messy. Yeah. But I had no idea it would be like a police call. You, you coward. Mm. So now that we've cleared all that up, yeah, she explains how afraid she was at the moment and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's like these are strong emotions to deal with. It's no mm-hmm. joke. Yeah, <laughs> I know that uh, we can't talk about it enough. There's so much to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know because I've talked about that with my therapist. I don't know if 
I'll ever be able to talk about it <laughs> with them. And for now, like, I'm not planning on it. <laughs> I'm not, maybe one day, but. It is a serious thing too. So yeah. Taking it like that because I I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I don't even remember why that day. Why? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why? It came up. It was, I spoke with this on this topic with Daniela and Young. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. This firecracker here. She's mm -hmm. amazing. When yeah. she was my first time interviewing a cult survivor. Yeah. And she's a double cult survivor. Mm -hmm. Children of God and the military, where she yeah. experienced cultiness in both. But we were talking about telling our parent and how difficult it is. And she had the same experience. Mm. All of the same experience. Yeah. This is a nightmare. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No wonder the psych industry makes so much money. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> plenty of pain out here. Yes. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing because the young folks, this is when we're slammed with all these decisions and we're so young. It's mm -hmm. like your brain forms at 21. Well, I was just leaving at 22. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You were leaving at what age? Yeah. I, when I turned 22, basically it was when I escaped. Okay. Yeah. But that's 22 years of indoctrination and homeschooling. Yeah. That's sealed in. So my homeschooling started from 16 forward. Mm -hmm. um, but I had the public system until oh, yeah. I was 15. Mm -hmm. So a little less isolation than what you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. That's why I was so inspired to do the back to school series on my podcast where I was trying to highlight, you really brought it to light in our interview in 37 because you literally were one of the few, I'll put it like that, savvy enough to figure out you couldn't transfer your units if you went to the school that your mm -hmm. folks had. Yeah. You'd be stuck with three mm -hmm. years of whatever for yeah. non-transferable mm -hmm. units. Mm -hmm. And then you brought to light, you're bringing to light, that's a part of the sealed-in system. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is what needs to change. We love to see the laws change on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you can't call it a college if it's not accredited or yeah. you can, but you got to mm -hmm. call it a church only college or you have to make sure people know they're not going to be able to have a career afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, I was ignoring high school classes even though i'd be getting a's and mm -hmm. i would be reading astrology and drawing charts and teaching myself something that would never bring me any financial gain mm. or knowledge of the universe it was totally used mm. yeah. that time sink is another thing that's always hard for me to deal with it's people who are young mm -hmm. need to be set up for success in the world they need yes. to find out what their skills are and start training mm -hmm. for that so they mm. can sustain themselves. Mm. I can honestly say I've watched my sister and I falter through the years with our lack of training. We've yeah. been moved and we mm. have multiple jobs. But yeah. I've been a waitress. I've been a DJ. I've been a dance instructor. I've been a stripper. I've been a lot mm. of jobs. 
Mm-hmm. And that's because it was the, as I like to say, we're cult kids and we were never prepared yeah. to succeed in the world mm. on purpose. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. And this is something but, that, I, yeah, I've talked about with other people, even at Bob Jones. Um, they're like, they don't, these cults don't want to prepare you to function outside of their system. Nope. Not at all. That won't work for them. Mm-hmm. They need another generation of members. Mm, yes, yeah, correct. Like, mm. And that's what got me to speak out. It's, I guess I was silent because I thought the church I was in wasn't going to harm any other people. It, it went benign or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the crazy leader died, no, they've just rebranded themselves as the monastery, as you mentioned earlier. That's mm-hmm. the yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have the city block. Yeah. Since I've been speaking out, they now have a website, oh. morningwindcommunity.com. Just a yeah. one page that says when you can come to the services. Mm-hmm. So I know that the neurolinguistic programming, the manipulation, the search mm-hmm. for another generation to pass this on to is going on. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing is yeah. talking about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah. mm-hmm. And I'm yes. sure you, it's like you're speaking about, you're David and Goliath, you're speaking about IFB, 100 mm-hmm. years running, I think. Sorry, say it again. I think it's been around at least 100 years. The oh, the IFB. Christianity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It has. And mine's 50. Yeah. It's like even these in, even these new age religions are finding ways to rebrand themselves and survive. And only if our... I would like the survivor voices to be just as loud as the experts in psychology. Mm. The survivor mm. voice to me, and I love Dr. Lalish and other specialist but i also love hearing survivor storyline and i know you did too because that's what your web your hosting is all about but Mm. it's like the storyline to me tells the cautionary tale of what we need to make sure doesn't happen generationally Mm. and even if we can't get it to happen in this generation yeah the cautionary tale has got to be out there yeah, sure, I get it. There's lots of stories out here now. Uh-huh. Thanks to Leia Remini, I think. Yeah. Um, busting it wide open, telling mm-hmm. some of the stuff that's going on in Netflix in her documentary. Yeah. She, I cried through that documentary. It helped me yeah. um, with some of the language I didn't know what I yeah. mm-hmm. but, but I just think the a rising tide floats all boats as... Mm. Casey from the Cobalt likes to quote, because the more the survivor voices get stronger, we're going to help people from being those future victims. Mm. That's my goal. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I agree so much. And yeah, that is why I do a lot of what I do. And and I'm glad you're also doing this work and sharing your story. And like, you're just, wow, this is so incredible. So courageous with coming out and just sharing your story and being vulnerable and helping other people. And it's been interesting because as I've continued telling my story and educating myself and all these different things, 
and I'm just going to do a quick little ad for something that's going on is that there's this petition that I've been putting in my show notes of my podcast, and it's a petition to pressure Congress to pass a Children's Rights Act. Because as I've been doing my own research, I'm like, how can we prevent this from happening? Like, in realizing that children don't have rights in the U.S. and that religions are given special treatment, especially around parents and what they can do or subject their children to. Mm-hmm. And I just had an episode, the legal aspects of church abuse on my podcast. And it was really hard to hear about how it's not prioritized in the U.S. And, and you know, the midterms in the U.S., so they've been interesting. So I don't, hopefully, I know the Congress is it's flipped to Republican. But I'm hoping that this petition will get enough attention in Congress and they can work on a bill for children's rights. Because to me, okay, so for example, homeschooling, I'm like, okay, so for all these public schools, there are these standards that they have to follow. But for homeschooling, there's not, and it's different in each state in the U.S. with what standards. Some of it is, there's no standards at all. And some it's stricter than others, but it's like a lot of kids fall through the cracks and a lot of abuse happens because the government is too scared to mess in that realm where religion is being used to abuse children. And I think, I don't know, have you heard of Misty Griffin? No. Anyways, oh, she for, tell me more. Is this about the child's right act? Yeah, she's the one okay. who started this petition, and she grew up oh, Amish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh. so she, her Twitter she account knows. was banned, which I'm very upset about. What? And I don't understand what? why, because like I went to go look her up on Twitter, and it's this person's account is banned and then i went to her website to click on her twitter and it's still like nothing and i'm like uh-huh. but she's on she is on instagram she's on okay. tiktok did to think they what say else. why they banned it or? no it didn't say okay. so i was very upset but she grew up amish and i'll send you her website honestly okay. and i'm trying i'm gonna to yeah i'm gonna try to get her to come on my podcast and hear her story and push this petition but like last i checked mm-hmm. The petition has 18,000 signatures. It um, needs 100,000 to get their attention? I think, honestly, yeah, 100,000 is I what they need. so, too. Yeah, so 100,000. Okay, so let me understand. Because this is another under discussed topic about child rights. And mm-hmm. So I had Sufi child bride on mm-hmm. uh, Sara Tasneem, who... Yeah, who's bringing this type of thing to light? Now it's on the mm-hmm. marriage. Yeah. The marriage side is that you can. There's child brides are all over the United States, and yeah. it's legal in forty states. Oh, she brought yeah. that to to my attention mm-hmm. and is basically campaigning. Now we in cult. One of the things I was didn't know this was going on, but I'm very interested in this, Andrew. The number one thing I would like to see is that cults cannot separate family. Because, mm-hmm. like, you say kids, but it's like 
they also they separate families of course kids would be the priority first yeah because like i went through that too yeah Um, i shouldn't have been able to separate be separated from my parents yeah she has the ultimate I didn't mm-hmm. grow up with my dad, so she would have the ultimate decision on where I study, what I do. And that's that, like forever. No, they yeah. they don't allow that. They have like sovereign laws within their property. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. have still not been able to understand why. Mm-hmm. I get freedom of religion. Okay. Mm-hmm. That yeah. makes us different from China. We don't have Muslims in work camps. Mm-hmm. But you can have a work camp in your church. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'll be looking at that and mm. adding my name. Mm. Or let's start somewhere. Right? Yeah. No, the children do not have rights. Like, yeah. I, I remember mopping a 5,000 square room by mm-hmm. myself on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. When I was like 14, I yeah. should have been in school mm. or studying. Yeah. So this is normal. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you homeschooling. So you're looking into what, when would that be allowed? And mm. when there's probably no restriction, is there? Yeah, it's, it's different in each state because the federal law can't control that. It's up to the states right mm-hmm. now. Sadly, so there are some states there's just not any oversight. Like I was homeschooled in North Carolina, so they required that test scores were sent out every year. They were making sure that I was smart enough. That was about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Not about anything else. <laughs> um, well, I'm and... glad you were able to keep up. You yeah. Did a good job enough with. Thank curriculum. you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I would say that too. Yeah, they did a good job mm-hmm. with that. There are definitely things in college that I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is a struggle. I miss this <laughs> and homeschooling, but I okay, love. Well, I can match you on that because, like, I, I just got slot. I get slaughtered with math because uh-huh. I dropped out at 16 and missed mm-hmm. 17, 18 last two years of high school. Oh wow! Took the GED in four hours mm-hmm. instead yeah. of seven so i was like hey mm-hmm. with the writing stuff yeah <laughs> but then yeah, when too. i went to college went to uh-huh. a, a two-year college to to prep for transferring to university i eventually dropped out due mm-hmm. to multiple issues but i remember being so daunted with all the math courses mm. like, oh my god i'm so unprepared it yeah. really showed up these are the things yeah so we're not given all the tools in the box yeah with that much religious exposure Mm. that's my one of my beefs yeah and like the critical like your critical thinking skills aren't there either oh gosh not allowed (laughs) not allowed at all no not allowed Mm. yeah see that's one of the things that i'm most upset now that i have an overview mm. you're sending people out into the world like babes in the woods i got into yes. a van mm. 20 minutes after i left Ooh. you know yeah. what i mean i got yes. into a rape van mm. i can't have to laugh because the white <laughs> econoline van or black with the windows yeah. 
Oh, oh my god. Like, this guy was living in his van. Mm. My sister's a musician, so I guess that's uh-huh. connection there. I, I don't even remember yeah. who this person was actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she but she was semi famous. She knew a lot of people and I think that's how yeah as a fan. <laughs> but no, you're right. We're not prepared for a lot of stuff. No. And Andrew, I know that you've experienced some of this. One of the weird things that cult kids and cultists are left with once they leave is called floating. And it's a psychological term for self-hypnotizing when you feel threatened. Mm. And it can even be with just a regular flirtation or sexual interest. Whatever makes us feel threatened, the mind trained itself when we were in the cult to float mm, check out yes mm. and i used to see this when i would try and maybe this is why i decided i shouldn't tell my mom anything i would try to talk to her about little things from the cult. Uh-huh. and it would like oh she turned into a zombie like in 10 seconds mm-hmm. like, i can't even there's nothing here to work with mm-hmm. when she checks out like that yeah and that's called floating Oh, yeah. That's called mm. floating when we learned how to hit self-hypnotize when mm. anything, and that's some of the stuff we would use to survive mm-hmm. inside the cult. Yeah. When mm-hmm. something didn't make sense, you don't ask. Yeah. You go, let me shut down my critical thinking. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I'm that's so, so sorry. True. It sounds like there's a plane fest here today. Oh, I got you now. Shocked. Yeah. Now that I have my oh, I I obtained my XLR mic out of storage. Uh huh. It you can hear someone drop a cup in two rooms away. Oh no! It's, yeah, yeah, it's great. It picks up everything, but I'm learning. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I got you. And I've greatly enjoyed this interview. Is there anything you would like to say to anyone who is stuck in a cultic situation? First of all, when's the last time you took care of yourself? Mm -hmm. That's not allowed. And that's something you got used to. And you got to get unused to that in order to get out. Mm. I bathed in a, I slept on the floor for six Mm -hmm. years. I bathed in a broom pot. Learning Mm -hmm. to subjugate and put aside all your needs is unhealthy. It's time to address it. Mm, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andrew's here for you and I'm here too. Yes. If you need someone to talk to. Mm. Even just the two of us, we've got a spectrum here mm-hmm. from, from young to old, from yeah. um, Christian fundamentalist to new age religion. Mm-hmm. And there's other people like us that yeah. are online that want to support survivors. Mm-hmm. And don't wait because the longer we wait to leave, the more damage is done. Quite mm-hmm. simply. Yeah. And to you that got out and you, Andrew, congratulations. No, oh, thank you. you Congrats to you too. Yeah. We did. I got a, a wonderful book from Dr. Lalish right before the interview. She sent me her book and she oh. signed it. We got out, Frank. Uh-huh. I love this person. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. And that, that's how we all feel, right? The camaraderie yeah. among mm. people who decide there's a better way. Yeah. Mm. Ideas are dangerous and ideas can also free us. Yeah. So mm. use your brain 
that God yeah. gave us. If there is a God, if a creator mm. that made us, we have the ability to think and those are muscles and using them makes them stronger. Mm-hmm. Just like regular yes. muscles. Stay around people like Andrew and other critical thinkers and help yourself. Mm. And join the ranks of anti-cult people. Yes. <laughs> We're out here. Legion now. Mm-hmm. It's a, quite an awakening going on. Yes, there is. It's pretty great. You and others cheer me up just seeing your work oh, every day. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so much strength. I just gained so much strength from hearing how you did it, what you do with your insights now, how you're helping others. It's pretty great. It's a support mm. system. Yes, I know. And thank the... you for having me on, Andrew. Oh, yeah. Of pleasure. course. Thank you so okay. much for coming on. Like, it's been really gl- great. And just adding on to what you were saying, yeah, like the cult survivor community has just been so incredible so many supportive wonderful people and and it's great to find that because when we leave that religious or cultic community where you feel lost you feel yes. like what but yeah you there are, are. <laughs> yeah you are and you don't you don't have the skills that you need and you're not sure how to function yeah. Without it, it's, it's just yeah, quite a process of growth okay. and change. Oh my God! But yeah, so much adapting. <laughs> yes, so <much> adapting. <laughs> I know. I yes. love your humor. Don't stop. Oh, yes. Love your humor because it's so ridiculous. Sometimes mm-hmm. we just have to laugh at what we. Want. Yes, we do. I know. I laugh a lot about things that aren't yeah. like funny, but that's just my. <laughs> this is how I deal with it. React, okay. and it's with funny. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's absurd. Yes. So yes. Much mm, yeah. And it's also really painful. And it's like, how did they get away with this? Mm-hmm. We've got to, we've got to do something to mm-hmm. tell the rest of humanity. Yeah. Caution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most definitely. Now, how, now you, how are you going to catch them at birth? You got a big tall order ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god talk to him in the womb to get your recruitment <laughs> listen little guy <laughs> i hear you in there thinking you can be a fundamentalist but there's a bunch of choices yeah <laughs> <laughs> how can we do that oh my god i it's know it's like me chasing after the two guys on the bike oh yeah the jehovah's witness there's a lot of them in long beach group there and yeah when I left the church, I would just be like, listen, um, you know, all you do is work for the church all the time. Do you guys get out? Mm-hmm. And I start asking them like questions, just do you get to spend some time on you? Do you play sports? Do you yeah. have fun? Mm-hmm. No, they have to do their their bike tours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'll still be saying, hey, what about you? Get yeah. Mm. when i see them on their bikes yeah it's a struggle the struggle is real and we're out here trying to help yeah and most definitely yeah is but yeah i'm so glad yeah we connected and we'll definitely we'll keep in touch and mm-hmm. and for people listening go check out her podcast frankie files podcast I have it linked below and go check out her twitter 
Thank you for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Your support is much appreciated. Please leave a review and share with friends and family. And if you can, please support me on Patreon. And the link is in my description. Thank you so much for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger.